Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to another episode of the ABJ Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Blackwell Jr. Um, we are back for episode 24. And before we get bring our guests in tonight, let's get our housekeeping out of the way. Uh, links for myself and my guests are below, as well as uh, two injured wrestlers on the scene who are making amazing comebacks. One's already driving, one's walking with no crutches. So that's super exciting. Adina Steele and Philly Mike. Uh, if you can do anything to support them, they have subscription services as well as pro, uh, pro wrestling tees that you can buy merchandise or just reach out to them on social media and just say, hey, ABJ sent us where you're in our thoughts and uh, show some love to that independent talent. Also below, I have some links for some upcoming shows. Um, I'll go over one of them. I'll go over a few of them uh, real quick now, but they're all in order of when they're coming out. So this week, next weekend will be Night of Steel. Uh, so February 11th at the Falcon's Nest in Mayfield, Pennsylvania. Come out and support a uh, benefit show for Adina and Philly Mike. Uh, then the weekend after that will be IWA. I'd say you can come, but it's sold out. So uh, keep your eye on IWA for all social media for their shows because they sell out very, very fast. Uh, myself, Rob Williams, and my guest for tonight will be uh, Peter Nalong. They'll be at that show. Uh, me and Peter again will be at SSW Zero Gravity coming up for at the No Limits Boxing Academy in Rio Grande, New Jersey. That's going to be a great time. And then we have the birthday show. Uh, I'll, I'll be out hanging out. But you know, once again, my, my, my guest tonight, Peter DeLong, will be there on the commentary team with Jordan. And then Samir and George be holding all the festivities down. That's going to be a blast. That's in Thor Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Throop. I don't know how to fucking say it. But anyway. And then after that, you know, when you need, an a when you need a VJ and you can't find one, you find an ABJ. And that's going to be the... Uh, starting of the, I'm sorry, the Spring Break 93 breakdown in uh, Philly, Philly. So come out and get your tickets for High Tension Wrestling. Very excited to be part of that brand again and doing cool things. I have no idea what I'm doing, but we'll figure it out and we'll have a good time. So without further ado, let's bring in my guest, my buddy, my mentor, my commentary papa, Peter DeLong. <laughs> You like that what an introduction yo it's yeah. finally happening blackwell it's, it's, it's finally this, this happening. podcast has happened 14 times in the front seat of two cars uh because because <laughs> the beautiful thing about us is we don't shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> even when we should even when we definitely should we do not there's only one time i remember where we got in the car and we looked at each other and we're like we're not talking just put music <laughs> on i'm sleeping actually twice it happened twice it's gonna happen I, again <laughs> Yeah, the What's first time up? was IWA, where we did 49 <laughs> matches in one day. 39, but still, that's a lot. 39. 30. Yeah, you're right. I thought it was 40, but it's 39 matches in one day. And then the second time was Contest of Champions, because that was a long, long that was, day. Hey, that was a marathon. Yeah. That was full 24 hours. Like, we left your house at, what, 3 in the morning? Yeah. And got home. I got home at, like, 5 in the morning. Yeah. That was a long day. You're they are the only two times we got in the car. And we're like, we're not talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you wake up and look over. And I'm at the I'm at the the oh. wheel going. Stay up, stay awake. I thought you had Parkinson's. Away. I thought it was. I thought I thought you were in trouble. You were you were shaking violently, just trying to. And I'm like, I'm taking over. I got enough of a nap. Uh, yeah, I drove your car. That was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You moved <laughs> my seat too. It took like a week for me to figure out how to get it back to the perfect spot. Thanks for that. You're I, sorry. I need I need legroom. But um, yeah, man. So we met each other via commentary. This world of professional wrestling commentary. I believe I met you at a Backbreakers show, and we kind of corresponded a little bit there. And then I was brought in to Sanctuary, and that's kind of where we really fell into each other. And 
Uh, I was brand new to commentary. I think my first ever commentary gig was the night before at PPW. Yeah. And then I had a secondary the same weekend with you. And PPW was just kind of like, there you go, kid. Have at it. And I was with Paul Bo and, 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 and Julius Kuyper. So they're, they're very, very talented. So they eased me in really well. And I just kind of had to feed off them. And then the next night was just a two-man booth. And it was me and you. And you kind of gave me some pointers. I learned a lot about how you do things. And we'll kind of dive into that a little bit on the podcast as we keep going. But, and then we did an entire season at the Sanctuary. And I credit ton of my commentary abilities and if people say i'm talented or maybe good at this at some somewhat form or fashion i credit to you because uh, you taught me how to prepare yourself prepare myself for a show how to get notes for things how to how to look up things and then i've used that every single time i go places now and uh, but still finding my own way to get things done as well not completely carbon copying but that first season at the sanctuary man was really really special for me and the beautiful part about that season is there was friday shows saturday shows and sunday shows for like six months straight yeah and we got a lot i probably have more reps in my first year of commentary than most people do in like three years of commentary because if you work at one promotion they run 12 shows a year if you're lucky you get 12 reps in one year i had 12 in like the first month (laughs) so like it was it was special yeah, the sanctuary was fantastic. I mean, I, I, just like you, I I credit that place and my reps there in helping me to shape, uh, you know, my 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 stuff going forward. Uh, and like you said, that that was your second show, and I and you know they they brought you on. I was so excited to have you on there with me. I was because uh, I knew you had the the, the background in in um, you know broadcasting and whatnot. And, uh, and you're like, yeah, this is my second show ever. Yesterday was my first, and I'm I'm like, oh, this is gonna be, <laughs> this, this is gonna you're be like, a lot this of fun. Gonna suck. <laughs> but uh, but but I mean, you picked it up, and uh, and we were off and running. And uh, that that season that we were there, I think, was probably the most fun year I had on commentary. We had a blast, and <clears throat> you know the the sanctuary uh, was utilized the way that everyone utilizes the sanctuary to to get in the reps and to hone your craft to sharpen your skills. And uh, I think that's what we did. And I think if I didn't have that opportunity, uh, you know, thanks to to John and Rosh for for reaching out to me and have and having me come in. And it, I think if I didn't have that opportunity, I wouldn't have been able to kind of, uh, you know, uh, round the corners and uh, kind of shine uh, my craft up a little bit before I went off and did other things. So yeah, and it was fun too because like we were at the point too where we kind of like found uh, our style that. I would say is different from what you would normally listen to on TV commentary. Like, I think if you were to break us down, you're, you're the play by play. I'm, I'm color, but we also figure out a way to kind of blend the lines between both and do that very well. Like we don't really have that blame. Like Pete's the color play by play. And I'm only color. Like sometimes on color, I'll call a move. And it just, it just, we just have this flow natural where we kind of blend the lines between the two. And I think it works very well. Yeah, and I, I don't know if anybody would see that as a as a detriment or something that they that's that's less than favorable, uh, but that's just the way I work and that's the way you work and I'm I'm more comfortable doing that. And I've been in situations where people say, all right, "I'm going to do color, you do play by play," and I say, "All right," and I do my best to stick with you know the 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 angle that I need to come from, but I, I always. Yeah, I always end up blending the two and and I just I, I get excited, you know. I mean, I mean, that's the style that I that I bring that that I'm just I I come at it as if I'm just watching it in the uh you know in my living room with a couple of friends and I get excited and pumped up and whatnot and, and I I I forget where I'm at a lot of times. And uh, <laughs> uh and I mean and I I mean, you know, I try to do <clears throat> 
but I always try to to uh, approach it like uh, with with a specific voice because, you know, I'd like to I, I emulate what I see. <laughs> I emulate what I see on uh, on television and say, okay, can I can I fit into that? And I try to make it grandiose and, and work on my intros and work on my outros and try to be the straight man. But then you come in and uh, I throw and a you, monkey dick right into it <laughs> every time, and then it, it eventually turned into you just trying to break me. And uh, and, and I, we you know because of that we had some of the best times, man. Yeah, and a lot of the times where I'm trying to break you, I don't tell you what's coming. We don't we don't plan anything out. And I started doing that at the sanctuary. I remember saying something funny, and I remember you just like taking your mic and going and just yep. dying laughing. And it made it my confidence level shot straight up. And I was like, "All right, how do I keep interjecting that but not making it about myself?" Yeah. But like, but that's a thing like I don't want to make it all about myself, but I think at some point in time, your commentary team, if you're strong enough, you should be part of the show as well. And people should like, and I feel that's what we've kind of built. Like people look forward in certain promotions to us on commentary because of what we bring to the table. Like we're part of the show and that feels good. We're not just background noise. Like some play, some commentary people are just background and they're just generic commentary and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think we bring that dynamic where people are like, well, what's, what's, what's Pete and Tony going to say? You know what I mean? And that's the struggle, you know, because you don't, like you said, you don't want to put yourself over more than what you're calling. You don't want to be, try to be the show more than what you're, you know, what's going on. And so you have to find that balance between fading into the background and jumping out at the, uh, in front of what's going on. And uh, I think, uh, I mean, I don't know if we, if we struggled all that much in the beginning, I think it was pretty, I think it was pretty uh, natural the way we kind of uh, slid into that, into those positions and, and did pretty well for ourselves in that respect. I think my favorite break for you is when <laughs> we were sitting, we were at. There's plenty to uh, choose from. Yeah. The, my favorite one though is, and I don't think anyone really listened to it or heard it, but it was one of my favorites because it was like a long telling story, like a long telling joke that was going on the whole show, but it was subtle. But the whole time we were at an outdoor show under a tent and it rained the night before. So your chair where you were sitting just kept sinking into the mud and you kept saying, I'm falling and my chair is sinking. I go, well, maybe that's a sign, Pete, to lose some weight. And you're like, look at you, you son of a... Like, you broke and, like, started lashing out at me. And then halfway through the match, Bad Company came over and took... I didn't give up my chair, but you gave up yours. And they took the chair. And he goes, I think he's sitting with my chair. And I said, yeah, you could tell. Uh, about three quarters of it, the legs are covered in mud. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, you son of... And that's another one. You move the mic and you're like, you son of a <laughs> but it's fun it's tough, and like yeah. and and i like the sanctuary too like we kind of experimented with the heel face and then like hey this show i'm gonna do play by play and you do color and like we would just we would just because like not saying no one listened to the sanctuary but we were kind of rebringing that sanctuary commentary back into the fold anyway and we were just experimenting and getting better and and taking it to that place and it was uh it was awesome, man. I don't know. And I love the way how it carried on. And it's and essentially we're like becoming Jersey's commentary team everywhere we go. It's it's, it's, well, it's saying, nuts to think about. Saying all the stuff with Sanctuary, I just want to just one more time, you know, a big thanks to uh to John Trotsky for for getting yes. us in there and allowing us to do that. Cause we would go to John and say, Hey, listen, what do you think about this? You know, how do you um you know, how do you feel about us doing this or do it? And he, and he says, just, just go, just do it. I, I trust you guys. And we just, and we looked at it. We would look at each other and go, all right, this is, I guess we're, we're, we're doing this. And uh, this thank, you, Christ. thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> stretch real quick. 
That Ricky Price is going to be fantastic. This is going to be his breakout year, man. I'm telling you. <clears throat> I would I would uh, never support him in any form or fashion, like wearing his T-shirt <laughs> or anything. Yeah, but but like John John Trotsky really gave us an an opportunity to shine and spread our wings, and I'll be eternally grateful for that. Uh, and you know, the following uh, then the season ended, and then the next uh, season came up, and I said, man, I don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to swing this because my my Sunday bookings were coming up, and then I was getting booked a lot more, and the, you know, the time home with the family was becoming more and more precious, and uh, and you know, Sundays were like, oh man. Um, and then I found out that you and Brian were doing it, you and you and BP Burke. And I said, all right, I, it's, I, I'm, I'm good now. And then I heard you guys on there and I said, I said, that's this, that's their place now, man. You, you and you and Burke, you and BP Burke really took over that place and, and did it right. And you're doing spectacularly. And I hope that the two of you are going to come back for the next season. Yeah, uh, Cause yeah. you've just been doing really, really well. I appreciate and, um, that. Yeah, and I just right before this, I watched uh, um, Prince Ahmed just posted like a um, like a, a a compilation video, and the end was um, was him being crowned at the sanctuary, and the the narrative was you describing what like you're calling like what's going on, and Ahmed, you know, the his ancestors looking down and proud, and it was just I, I forgot I forgot about how good that that was, and you you just knocked it out of the park in that moment. It was really good. And that was a cool thing, too, is like a lot of talent would just kind of trust us to be like, hey, this is kind of what I'm going for. Roll with it. And then like Ahmed was one who really said, like, between you and Pete and Brian, like you guys, you guys are putting more into my character than I ever thought of. Like, like he's like, I kind of thought I was doing that with my submission game. But the way you describe it and how I pinpoint something and like using the Assassin's Creed references and stuff like that, like he goes, I never thought of that for my character. And then like we and then having talent. Our naming moves. We named moves last year. Like we gave people new moves for their finisher because they don't tell us. Or like we're naming it. We're naming it tonight. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he would he would say like uh, I don't know, come up with something. And then and then then the following week, I would I would actually look up. I, I remember googling Egyptian torture mm-hmm. and looking up like historical stuff and finding that one of some pharaoh. I forget his name now, and I had it written down. But I guess he was a very cruel pharaoh, and he was uh, and he was known for like uh, mutilating people. And he actually uh, took a city in, in where he was and put a wall around it and put all the people that he mutilated into this city. So this one city was known for all its inhabitants were people that were compu- like mal- like disfigured and Holy injured God. and uh, by this guy. And so I said, I got to I got to work that in. And so I uh, somehow I worked it in that, he, you know, he wants to reopen the walls of whatever the name of the city was or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and it got me it got my creative juices going. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, Blackwell. That, you know, I don't, I don't know if I don't know about you, but I don't know if I would be where I'm, where I am right now, or if I would have been in the situations that I've been in, if it weren't for the sanctuary, because we met, that's where we met. Uh, that's where we met PJ Savage. That's where we met uh, Ahmed. That's where we met the faceless ones, Bougie, uh, um, you know, JS Hawthorne, uh, all these guys that we now see on the Indies uh, in other promotions. And, you know, some of those people, put put out the good word for us say listen i know these guys they call are they actually well you know give them a try and we've gotten in there and now you know now we're we you know we got opportunities there and i don't think if it were for the sanctuary to meet those people and make those those relationships i don't think it would have worked the, the same way yeah no absolutely and and the, going back to the uh, bp is there was a lot of times we went to the sanctuary and somebody else would come in and I kind of got shit for this. I'll, I'll talk a little about it a little bit. Um, I just found out about this a couple of weeks ago. But there was moments where 
we were at shows and people would be like, hey, Trotsky would be like, I want to bring this person in and have him try out on commentary. And there'd be times where I was like, well, at first I would be like frustrated because it'd be like, man, I can't, it's hard to develop a flow. And then once I got to the point of the sanctuary, I was like, yo, I'm here all the time. I'm getting four weeks or like three or four ups a week. And then somebody would come in. I'd be like, dude, just take the whole show and work with Pete because it helped me so much. So I would step away from commentary completely and put Brian in there, put um, Maestro in there. Uh, who was the guy that used to roll up with? Uh, Jack Manley. Jack Manley. And I was yeah. like, dude, just stay in there. And they're like, well, don't you want to rep? I said, I'm here all the time. This is 20 minutes from me. This is not a far drive. I'm not traveling as far as you guys are. And I really honored your work and what you did and what you did for me and how comfortable you made me feel as a commentary person. So I was like, dude, just take the reps and do it. Like take the whole show. Because if I come in and do a match and then put you in and then you do a match and then I take you out and then we rotate, you don't develop a flow in a show and that's a disservice to a commentary person. Mm -hmm. So if like just a pointer to commentary out there or people who are out there running promotions, stop making commentary a spot where you just stick somebody because you have nothing else for them to do. And and don't have them do the one or two match thing if they try if they're trying to make this a thing because it's hard to develop a flow. Just give somebody a full show. Just like you know what I mean. Like let them work. And I, I know uh, one of Ace Austin's boys came in and sat with me for a couple shows. He yep. he did really well. I I can't remember his name. He had a, he actually had a cool name. I forget what it was though. Mm-hmm. But uh, I ended up enjoying like at first it, it kind of made me nervous, but I ended up enjoying that because it helped me to kind of like uh, uh, stretch you know stretch my muscles there and kind of like say okay let's let's try this let's try something different. You know, um, being able to adapt in a different situation. And, and over the last two years, I'm sure you, you've, you know, you've learned just as much as I have that uh, indie wrestling, you need to, to learn how to adapt to changing scenarios all the time. And, uh, you know, be able to switch off to, to be able to, to, to work with, uh, with different people and whatnot, because things change at a moment's notice. And mm-hmm. I think that got me more comfortable with it. And at the same time, it got us more comfortable, be, uh, got, got us more creative because when Jack Manley would come in, you know, he was involved in the storylines with, uh, with, with the Walker clan and whatnot. And because of that, we decided to try and figure out ways to bring him in reasons for him being there, uh, reasons for sense. one of us stepping out, you know, so we would come up with uh, a, a little story. So it got us to, to do things for us. There was even a storyline going on with the commentary team, you know, uh, and and the, and it didn't overshadow anything else that was going on. You know, so I, it was it was a way to get us more creative with what we were doing and work on the fly and change at a moment's notice. And that's that's huge in indie mm-hmm. wrestling because stuff changes uh, all the time at, yeah. at the very last moment, you know, and 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 just kind of like how you said how like, oh, someone trusts you enough to be their first person like the hey, go with this person. He's good. He, he, he'll make you comfortable. That happened to me a few times, too, like at Camp Leapfrog doing like the the, the, the pre-show stuff. It's like, hey, I'm going to put you on the pre-show of Black Gold because he'll help you. Be, and I like work with Kaya McKenna and working with a lot of talent who've never done commentary. And they're like, hey, is this your first time? I was like, this is like my second week. You know what I mean? But like, you know what I mean? But it was like it, it feels good to have that opportunity to work with people. How you were saying and, and get those creative juices flowing. Um, another interesting thing with commentary that's kind of happened to me since then is like now people want to work angles with me on commentary. We're like, so it kind of started with Ricky and I don't know if you're aware of this, but somebody at shore star wants to start doing it as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Somebody on shore star wants to have a commentary. I guess my heel work's getting good. Uh, <laughs> cause people want to start rivaling the commentary team, which means that we're, we're, we're doing our job. You know we're what I mean? Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I have no problem I have getting involved. I have no problem getting involved. Like, I'm sorry, with a little delay. I said I have to keep telling people, like after the show, like, hey, I actually don't hate you. 
because uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I had to do it with John at, at, at Pro Wrestling After Dark, because like, you were like, man, you crushed him. I was like, and after the show, like, John, I love you. You know that, right? Like, I'm, if I'm going to play this heel character, which I told myself, and I told you, I'm like, I'm never going to be a character. I'm just going to be me. But, like, I am kind of a smart ass, so I just um, use that to my advantage, you know? Yeah, I mean, in wrestling, it, it, you know, wrestlers always say your character is you turn up to 11. And uh, that 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 can definitely go for commentators as well, you know? But yeah. uh, uh, now I forget what I was going to say before when I when I, I started sorry, cutting I you off. That's, that's okay. It'll come to me, like, an hour after we, we're done. And I'll, it, well, I'll I was talking about people wanted to work with commentary from the ringside. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have no problem with, with, uh, with, with getting involved as long as it doesn't take away from a spot from, you know, from the, the show or whatnot, or, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I got involved with IWA and, uh, that was because it was, it was a, a, a small moment, a fun thing. It didn't take anything away from anyone else. And then when it was over, I was gone, done right back to the table. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm okay with as long as it doesn't, you know, take the shine away from somebody else. Yeah. And, and, and just recently, early, early at the end of, uh, at the end of last year, sorry, you had a moment where you, uh, I felt like it, I, I don't know if you probably did cause you're, you're in the same mindset as me, but you're humble and not super outputting when it comes to it. But you were, you were chosen, um, by someone to host a commentary seminar. And, and not only did you get a chance to host a commentary seminar where you're teaching other people how to be commentary people, we got to do it with New Japan commentator, former backstage interviewer of ROH and WWE, Kevin Kelly. Um, and I love Kelly, Kevin. He's a, he's a hardworking guy. But I'm going to say it here. You, you put your ass into that seminar, and you took, you took the reins of it. You know, I think a lot of people were like happy that Kevin was associated with it. But you, you held your own there. And, and, and that seminar, and I kept telling you, man, like you, you, you bring more to the table than you think you do. Kevin's going to tell him how to be TV ready, but you're going to teach these, these commentators how to get ready on the independent scene. Cause on TV, all the characters are set in stone. All the characters character work is, is figured out by somebody else. It's they're, they're giving you books and pamphlets of everything to do. You don't get that luxury of commentary and, and independent scene. You got to do that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I am super uncomfortable with any level of praise. So that was, so even it, uh, when, when Chad came to me and, and, uh, and came with the idea, the, uh, I can probably go back in my in my uh, messages and find out, but it was something like, "Are you are you sure I'm qualified for this? Like, I don't think I am." And uh, he assured me. You he, wrote that he seminar had, training me at Sanctuary. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 pretty much. I mean, he, he you know he said absolutely, and I, I you know I kicked some ideas back and forth. He really just said, "Let's do a seminar," and left it up to me. And I came up with um uh you know with with what how we could the the format of it, and I came up with the idea of everybody's there for Kevin Kelly. You know, but Kevin Kelly's going to be there to tell you, uh, you know, how to get noticed and hired by the big by the big uh, uh, companies. Uh, but you got to get to there first. You got to be cut. You got to get your reps. You got to get good enough to be noticed. So in order to get to that level where 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 Kevin's going to tell you what to do next. So I felt that the 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 seminar was going to be good to have me say all right here from start until you know getting notoriety and and getting reps and and getting known in the, the commentary and getting good uh and then you know kevin jumps in and says once you're good here's what you do next to get noticed by the uh to, to to look as valuable as possible to the big guys and it worked out perfectly and i was um, so weirded out that day because i was like i want to be part of it because like 
people know I'm a commentary guy and I don't want to seem like a big shot. Just like, I don't fucking need that. I ain't doing it. And then I kind of went to like you and you're like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't like, you're kind of like, I don't like everything you're going to learn is everything. Like you'll be, you'll be fine. And then I kind of went to Kevin and I was like, Kevin, do you think I should do this? And Kevin's like, I heard your commentary. And the other guy that's going to like, there's nothing I'm going to teach you that you're not already doing. And the other guy that's going to teach you, you work with four times every week or four times a month. I think you can sit this one out. Just go over to the table and help AXW recruit. And I was just like, you got it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good vote of confidence right there. But but, uh, it was great working with him. I mean, it was a dream come true. You know, I've I've known, I've listened to Kevin Kelly's uh, uh, voice for a long time and whatnot. And, and uh, it was just cool to be right next to him and, you know, coming up to him and say, all right, what do you want to do? And then talking, like having a conversation about how we want to, you know, uh, work everything out and just, um, uh, it was it, it was really it was a really cool experience, and I feel like I learned that I have skills that I didn't know I had before. Uh, because once once the seminar was done, um, we had to go over. It, we we coincided with the the super camp. So once the uh, the wrestlers were done with their warm up, and Anthony Green did a spectacular job of of uh, of you know with with the the warm up seminar and whatnot and the drills. Um, once he was done with that, then it was into okay. Everybody, get in line, sign up here, and we're gonna have matches. Everybody gets a match. There's a there was almost 200 people there. Everybody got a match. So I I'm there with with 10 really good commentators, really good broadcasters. Some of them were managers. Some of them were were uh, uh, were announcers. Most of them were commentators, but they were all willing to jump on the mic. And I said, all right, let's let's make this happen. Two guys at a time a third uh, uh, headset. So me and me and Kevin Kelly are going to, are going to start trading off with the headsets, listening. And then once the match is over, have them stand up, two more people sit down and whoever wasn't the third person, me or Kevin. Now he switches. Meanwhile, I'm going to tell these guys what I thought of what they did while Kevin Kelly is listening to the next one. That was the plan. Uh Kevin Kelly is a busy man. (laughs) He knows a lot of people. A lot of people want to talk to him. A lot of people want to want to you know say hey come here I need you to take care of something and that's when like the name starts showing up and Kevin was schmo- like you know going to see his friends and right so Kevin Kelly kept being pulled away to no fault of his own and uh, and so I was there and saying and at the same time I realized that the managers uh you know they they're sure they want to get on on commentary for a match cool but that's not their thing that's their managers so I said all right there's there's a line of wrestlers getting ready to go in. I need to find, find, find someone. Right. I need to find some wrestlers going to say, Hey, do you mind if these managers come down and do their thing with you? You won't even, it's, you know, it won't even change anything with you. They just want to go out and do the manager thing. No problem. So I, I, but in the meantime, you got a couple of guys calling matches and looking around going, Kevin Kelly's talking to somebody. Pete's walking around over there. This is, you know, this is for, for nothing. What are we doing? Um, so finally I get them hooked up and, you know, thankfully we got like 80 matches to go. So I come back over and I sit down and Kevin Kelly came back a few times and he was able to jump in and give some uh, feedback. But but I would say 75% of it was me listening, jumping up. I hope I got given someone that I could run this commentary <laughs> seminar. Given feedback and then jumping back in and listen to, to, to the next two. And at first I was like, I because I, I'm not good at giving at giving uh, critiques. I'm not mm-hmm. good at saying, OK, here's what you did wrong. But eventually I decided, okay, I, I got to jump in this. And I was able to identify stuff that I knew that the mistakes that I used to make, that's what clicked because someone, I forget exactly what it was, but somebody made a mistake that I used to make all the time. And I said, Oh, I know how to fix this. And so I pulled you them aside and said, uh, what's that? Do you remember what my mistake used to be? What's that? I used to call it a spot. 
<laughs> during a match on commentary. No industry <laughs> terms, asshole. Uh, yeah, I used to use industry terms because I was a fan who became a commentary guy, so I didn't know how to like yeah. change that. Yeah, he's going yeah. for the spot, and I remember someone like, "Yo, stop going a fucking spot." And I'm like, "Oh my bad." <laughs> oh man, but yeah, so I eventually got my confidence, and I felt better about coaching, and I feel like I helped some people out. And uh, one guy in particular, I gave I gave a, a critique to, and the next time he went in. He, he, he listened, he, he tried it out and it was better. And I pulled him aside and I was like, that's fantastic. You, you, you yeah. applied the thing that, and, and that gave me a little bit of confidence in this coaching ability that I didn't know I had. Um, and then we went like 50 more matches and I, we got into a flow. I made sure that everybody, you know, paired up with different people. Everyone was eventually paired up with everyone else. Um, there was a couple guys that spoke Spanish. Uh, so I had them, you know, speak Spanish together on commentary. Then I had oh, one speak awesome. Spanish and one. I, I remember Dave and Estacado and Mark Roberts. Dave spoke uh, uh, Spanish while Mark Roberts did not. And uh, Kevin Kelly said, you speak Spanish and you speak English. And they just went and it was hilarious. Because I would they, do that. They in a played it. You know how much fun I would have as a heel commentary with a Spanish right. guy next to me. Exactly. And, and Estacado played it up. Like he, he could, he could speak English, but he's choosing not to. And he's, he's having a fun time confusing the other guy. And Mark Roberts played it off as well. Uh, so, you know, trying to, to, to play into it, but then go back to it and play like, kind of like the goofy, you know, straight man. And it, it, we had a lot of fun. And by the time, in the beginning, it was stressful. And, oh, this is like a test. And at the end, it was like, let's have some fun, guys. You know, let's, yeah, yeah. let's have a good time. And I got I to do a translation we... thing one time. Do you remember my translation commentary bit? No, I don't. Oh, as soon as I say it, you're going to know what I'm talking about. So we had a commentary person join our table at SSW. <laughs> and I translated for him. And he never said a word the whole time. You sure did. You sure did. <laughs> And the entire time, he's trying to play a psychopathic murderer, and he's losing. He's trying. He's he said, "Dude, I almost bit a hole in my lip trying not to laugh." <laughs> Charlie Bonifer. So Charlie yeah. Bonifer sat next to me, and you kept trying to answer him question, answer him, ask him questions, and he would just look at you and turn back. And I like what he meant to say, Pete was. <laughs> Great you bit. apparently speak fluent serial killer. So well yeah, done. yeah, yeah. I watched the Dahmer <laughs> documentary. I was I was up on it, and he was wearing Dahmer glasses too the whole time. <laughs> he was, yes. Oh man, but that was a great time, man. The uh, uh, the contest of champions is a dream come true. We had a lot of fun. Uh, I called with I called the the show with uh, with Kevin Kelly and Ron Nemi, uh, who I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna admit Ron Nemi. I only knew him from uh, from the deathmatch stuff uh, recently. I didn't realize that he. Uh, is a wealth of knowledge and experience. I didn't realize that he was in the, the business from like from the nineties mm-hmm. going forward. Uh, and just to, at, at certain points, he and Kevin Kelly, because apparently they worked together before uh, in Florida, I believe they said, and the two of them were just exchanging uh, uh, anecdotes during the matches. And I just, I just sat back and listened because I, I, I was learning about his you know, wrestling history by just listening to these guys. So this was a, this was another great opportunity that I would have never had if I hadn't, you know, found my way to where I am and just sit and, and experience with these guys. And I picked up a lot of pointers. Kevin Kelly taught me a lot. Uh, Ron was a lot of fun. I hope I get to work with Ron Nemi again at some point. Uh, but uh, what an experience that was. Do you ever like, because now you're telling me the story, you're telling me things they said on commentary. Do you ever like watch commentary on TV or listen to it and be like, oh, I would have said this here because I thought it would have been a, a thing to add? Do you do that? I go, that's not what it's called, dude. Stop calling it that or or what? call it this. 
yeah. don't say what a maneuver call it this no, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't not even like that just something like how you were saying how they were like exchanging pleasantries on commentary like if i was there i'm like yo you guys need a room you guys you know what i mean like <laughs> <laughs> maybe if i heard it on a different broadcast that i wasn't on i would have felt differently yeah. about it but but being directly in the the mix there and experiencing it right then and there it was i felt differently about it but kevin, who knows i mean kevin kind of like was was like ribbing me or shooting on me a little bit at icons like because our table like we were at a table and he was at the table next to me so i'm trying to do my thing and i'm already uncomfortable and i'm like hey everybody do you want a free sticker for my podcast and kevin's like ignore that table come to my table who cares about their <laughs> stupid podcast he's he brutal me, man he did it to me like three or four times and i was like all right all right and i was like fuck it and I just started laying into them. And then they're like, I'm like, are you going to go to Kevin Kelly's table? What's your favorite Kevin Kelly moment? And there's like, uh, I'm like, don't worry. I'll wait. Like, just like, just oh. like messing with him. And then the whole time I was like, I'm like, this guy's a hermaphrodite. Didn't you remember the rock said that? Like, just kind of like ribbing him a little bit. And then I said, uh, Kevin needs to realize that he's commentary scum like the rest of us. No one cares about a commentary person. Like, there's wrestlers all over this place. Go to people who actually matter. Like, just mess with them. He's like, you're right. Commentary's the bottom of the barrel. Like, so I, I started giving it back to him at the end. Of, like, he took a picture of himself at Icons. And then I took a picture of me doing a selfie with his butt behind me. And then commented on his Facebook wall. And he's like, you are into it. I was like, I'm, yo, you started it. <laughs> he's like, you want to get pizza? I was like, that's my guy. No, he, yeah, he's a guy who could he could dish it out. He could take it. He can he mm-hmm. can hang with that. And he's oh, he I mean, a great with, sense of humor. There was a, there were there was a promo seminar going on in the in the uh, in the hallway, and he tore into somebody that was doing a promo. I don't want to call them out, but man, did he tear them in, uh, t- uh, tear into him and and just kind of uh, dress them down in front of the entire uh, like like fifty people there waiting. Um, and then he came back and told <laughs> told us about it. Listen, how I talk shit about this guy. Listen, listen how bad I, I tore this guy down. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure. I hope that guy learned something because he what he was saying didn't make sense. So yeah, you know, the knows? contest of champions was fun, so much fun. And I think one of the things that for me that really stood out is like there was you said 200 people there, and we knew probably 75 percent of them. Yeah, like that's kind of cool to say. And like these yeah. people were from. A whole like the, like the only people we didn't like there was people from all over the world that showed up but like most of them was either the jersey work we're doing our sanctuary because people from like create a pro or other places who would come down and see it and like i i, I knew some people just from researching in the comment like just the independent scene and i was like holy crap that's that person and he's like you know who i am I'm like yeah man i i've been watching your stuff like i i really hope that contest thing is is something that happens every year That'd even be, if i'm not I'd involved love- even well, if I'm not involved, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. They definitely announced. I mean, they announced the following year, so that so this December, the, it's going to happen the second time. So, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that happens every now and then. It's I always remember the I think the first or second SSW show that we did, and uh, Too Hot Steve Scott was booked, and he he comes up and he goes, uh, "Hey, I'm uh, I, I'm Steve Scott," and we were like, "Yeah, we know, <laughs> we know who you are, dude." He's oh oh okay. Like it's, it's it's just funny how like you we see these people on shows and they're so confident in the ring and they do their thing so well and then you meet them and they're like yeah you probably don't know who I am so they're like the 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 humility is surprising sometimes other yeah. people not so much they're like you know who the you know <laughs> you know they, they they expect everyone to see them but some people there, are, there's been are... times too where we go backstage and talk to a talent and they're like I don't have a character and we're like oh and we've helped people develop characters for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like that's happened too. Like it's kind of cool that that like 
we kind of are heard at some point. And that, and that goes to the promotion, like putting faith in us and saying like, Hey, go to these guys. They, they, they at least know what they're talking about. But um, yeah. yeah, man, I, this, this past year, uh, be, working with you and, and BP for the most part has just been an absolute blast, man. Pro wrestling after dark, uh, IWA has been fun. Shore star is an absolute blast. Love going there. Um, we've got, a, I got a taste of a little bit of standalone. I haven't done a standalone show yet. I just kind of did an outdoor one. So hopefully that changes so soon, but man, now you're being brought into the fold for smash master. Well, I just kind of, I don't know what I'm doing yet, but it's not commentary. Oh, it's still, you're, you know, you're coming, you're coming into it. So, I mean, yeah, honestly, like, I don't, I don't know if they want a three man booth, but I like listening to the last two shows, like last show I got on the headset. Well, no, I last two shows. Now I've gotten on the headset just to listen and help set the levels and stuff. Mm. Dude, Jordan is really coming into his own. Like, yeah, I, I'm going to tell you something right now. And I know you're not going to like to hear this. And we've said this before, but you, you are somewhat intimidating to do commentary with at first because you are good at what you do and i and i I don't and i don't mean you're intimidating by people saying like you're scary to work with but you're good you bring an aura and an essence about yourself that you know what the fuck you're doing but you're also very like easy to work with you know what i mean you're not you you make it as easy as possible for your co-host but some people either do one or two things when they work with you either they fall into that comfort zone and they get better or they panic and they let you coast, and they just say the bare minimum to get by the show. You know what I mean? I, I, we've had this conversation before, and it, the the concept is is gnarly to me because I just I can't see myself in that way. I, I've but, heard you but, do commentary with other people, and some people float, and some people swim. And Jordan and, has been a swimmer. He, 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 he he's. What's cool about Jordan is is we used to uh, do commentary together for for Backbreakers Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was brought in because he knew some of the people in there. He was local. Uh, so and and Brad and I, Brad DeMeo, half of the, the Diamond City War Machines, who I credit as the guy who trained me in commentary. I heard uh, Brad's amazing. I have never got to work with Brad on commentary. I heard he's, he's really good. He's really good. He's so much fun. Again, comfortable, welcoming. When when I started working for Grand Slam Wrestling, uh, I was I was working as Glad Bad. I was still wrestling, and uh, you know, people my my friends ran Grand Slam Wrestling, and they realized Pete sucks as a wrestler. But let's bring <laughs> he can Aww. talk a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> They're right. They were right. Uh, but he can talk a little bit. So let's bring him into the commentary. And Brad brought me under his wing. And he just, he, he taught me so much in such a short time. And I go back and I listen to the old Grand Slam wrestling shows. You can go on IWTV and I, don't, I wouldn't recommend it for, you can, you can watch them on, on mute, but, uh, but if you want to hear my old commentary, it's not good, but also you can hear how it improves over time and how Brad helps me out. Once Brad got back into the ring shortly after that, uh, we did our, our first few shows for Backbreakers Entertainment when they started streaming. Then Brad got back into ring shape and got back into the ring, and and Jordan jumped in. And Jordan, you know, he had he knows most of the people there. He's got a he he's part of the the Pop Cannon co- uh, podcast, he, uh, the channel. Uh, it is royally rumbled, and uh, so he you know he's a talker already, and he he did really well, but he struggled a little bit because Backbreakers had a show every five six seven months so he didn't get the reps in reps, yeah. uh so so towards the end when backbreaker started to started to to to, tr- to to build up a little bit uh the the reps got in the improvement was there you know we learned to work re- uh, a lot better with each other the the chemistry got smoother and then uh smash master came in 
Uh, Rob Williams was in for the first one. Was he in for the second one as well? I believe, yeah, second one. And I'm, then Rob, I, I'm not sure. I, I just clipped the first show, so I'm on. Okay, I, I have. I want to start doing the second one next. Pretty sure he was in the Spoiler second alert. one, and <laughs> and then Rob, Robin, uh, you know, couldn't make the third one. Said he he wasn't going to be able to make the drive, and the natural selection was was Jordan, and he He's came so in. I'd love to we, work with him one time. Yeah, we we took off. I mean, we we hit out hit the ground running, and uh, and it's like. It's it's weird because I feel like he was calling stuff over the like during that break when there was no BBE because all of a sudden like he's like all right yeah we're we're good and it's it's like he had he has all these reps under his belt and we're just I feel like we're 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 in the groove now yeah. uh, his confidence level help. is really high you could tell and that comes from knowing the product knowing the product knowing the people knowing the stories when you know what you're talking about it's natural. When you go into a company for the first time, you have to do all the uh, all the the research on everybody there and find out what the storylines are. You're you're not speaking from experience. You're reading off of a card and reciting something, and you're and that's not that does not come from a confident place. But once you get comfortable with those stories, with those people, with the places, then it just it just comes off naturally, and 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 the, the you know the quality just skyrockets from there. Yeah, absolutely. Who I, I do have more questions, and we are hitting the forty-five minute mark. This is probably going to go a little longer than normal. I'm a talker. I, yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, who are some people on the independent scene that you, when you see them on the card, or when you're going to work at a promotion and they're a regular, who are just some talent you really like to call their matches? Oh man! All right, so we already talked about Prince Ahmed, uh, and he's I mean, high on the list, very he, high on the list. Absolutely, just uh, because he's so creative of like. He starts yes. the match and hits the knee and then focuses on the knee every single move he does. And you're like, I didn't even think that was a real move. How did you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's very high in the list. And it's it it takes a lot of effort on our part to be to get creative with calling his stuff. Because a lot of it is completely unorthodox is not a word that even begins to describe his style he comes up with things sometimes he comes up with things on the fly i remember one time at sanctuary you and i were calling him and he did some he did this this um i mean he twisted somebody up in in a way that we've never seen before and and we were just dumbfounded and we talked to him later and he said yeah i just came up with that on the fly i just we were, I was doing something i said oh wait a minute what if i grab this and then twist this and so you can't you can't prepare you can't take notes for this guy you got to call him on the fly and that's what makes him so exciting because yeah. because if you do it well it's it feels so good to be able to keep up with with prince ahmed and and uh uh that's one of the things that's one of the sources of joy and and fulfillment that come from commentary is when you have you have great um uh respect for somebody and you're calling their their action and you're able to keep up with them and you're able to if you feel that you're able to contribute to uh uh to what you're seeing and what the what the viewer is seeing and you're able to enhance it that's a great feeling and prince ahmed gives the uh, every time he's out there he uh, supplies that opportunity to feel that and 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 i, and I love it uh my a lot for another one that happens yeah, a lot for us on commentary is when that moment happens where you're like one of us say something that just like was so perfect and you just look at each other and you just do the fist bump on yeah, that happens yeah. so much. I was like, after a match happens, we're like, and we'll be right back. We're sitting at ringside. We just look at each other and go, we fucking killed that shit. Yeah, feels good, man. It feels it good. Does. You know, when those guys are in the ring and they do something crazy and the crowd goes, goes wild, dude. You know I mean? Some of these guys are so, are so talented and they get those pops every time you come out, you know, we got to pop ourselves. <laughs> You I'll know? stand up on commentary. <laughs> I, I, if, if people have ever seen me on commentary, I'll take my mic off at stand. And if something happens, 
like, and, and I'm not trying, like, I guess a lot of people are like, oh, you're kind of like trying to be the Pat McAfee, but you can even attest for this. I was doing a lot of that before Pat McAfee was on TV. You know what I mean? Like, that was the energy I was bringing, but I love the fact that Pat McAfee's doing it on TV because it's letting doors open for people like me to be unorthodox on commentary and be unapologetically be me. But let me stop you there because it's not unorthodox, maybe compared to the, the industry standard, but it's not a, that that's pure. That yeah. is a natural that's his natural reaction. And I love it. I mm-hmm. love to see somebody saying, you know what, I'm just going to I'm going to be me and I'm going to let it happen and and I'm going to enjoy this. And I try to emulate that. I try. Sometimes I, I find myself holding back and other you make times that I one go, noise. You know oh! I can't even recollect. You make a noise. I don't know what it is. You do like a like a, like a squeal almost. Like when I you probably do it way too way more than I should. I, I love it. I love when you do it. It fires me up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When what's the name? Pistol whip somebody at IWA. I stood up. I'm like, someone just got <laughs> pistol whipped at a wrestling show. Listen, you mentioned it earlier. I Intense Wrestling Alliance in Nutley, New Jersey. Uh, that crowd uh, is so much fun. What a fun promotion to work for. Uh, they got a, they got a show coming up uh, February 18th. Uh, Anarchy they, sell rules. For, they sell out for a reason. They sell out every time. And they started selling out when, when I got hired as on commentary. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's connected. Who knows? It's, it's, it's spec, total speculation. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, it's just so much fun because the crowd is so rowdy and they get they get behind their favorites and they they want to murder their least favorites and they're not shy about showing it and it's just I fantastic. I was gonna break out. Yes, yes, with face with yeah. face and the one fan. I do. I stopped calling the match. I was just staring at it. I was like, Yo, something's about to happen right yeah. here. Oh yeah, what you were talking about, uh, uh, Yeo, who is the uh, the Zero Limits champion, which is basically their their hardcore title, uh, comes down with two armed guards, two armed goons. It's it's this show's in New Jersey. It's 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 like the Wild West, but they legitimately are strapped. And I uh, shit on Jersey every chance I get on commentary, but in my heart, I want you to know, fucking love you because you're crazy. So one of the goons gets up on the apron and and hits Charlie Bonifer in the back of the head with his with his pistol. With his and no gun, <laughs> so it what an opportunity to have to have something very unique happen and us to to be on the mic to call it. So that's I what commentary is allowing us to to. to Frank told me that's what secured me as a commentary job. He was like, "I didn't tell you guys that that pistol whip was coming," and he purposely stood next to the commentary table for that match. And when he see me st- stand up and like say what I said on commentary, he was like. You're one. You're here. Like you're 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 stuck here. You know that, right? And I was like, I because I, I remember. I think I said, Pete. I think we're an accessory. I think we have to fill out a police report. Like someone. <laughs> so good. So it good. Was those great. guys have such a good time, and we and and through that we have such a good time. So getting yeah. back to to uh, other other names. Yes, Mike Skyros. So I see him on the card. I go, yes, I get to call Mike Skyros match. You know, um, I was calling him in Grand Slam Wrestling when I was starting out when he was when he was a young boy for for Brute Van Slyke. Uh, training in the brutes, brutes, uh, brute dojo, and he and um, uh, uh, oh my god, um, oh Riddick, Jacoby Riddick, um, you know, tagging up and uh, and and just I loved watching those two grow and uh, and develop their personas and whatnot. And then uh, they went back to New York for a long time. I didn't see them. And when he when he started, and I was watching what he was doing. He was doing you know tons of great stuff working on his character working on his image which is just fantastic right now he is an incredibly marketable uh uh personality right now and then he started coming back to pa Thanks which made me very happy 
and uh, and I love calling his stuff. He is. I always. I, I always said that he reminded me of a young Brian Pillman and that was before Brian Pillman jr. Started. So I had to stop calling him. I had to stop saying that he reminded me of young Brian Pillman. Um, but that's and what he's changing he reminded himself me of. even again. Like he's going for yeah. more of that, a high flyer to almost like a hostile. He's putting muscle mass on yeah. and it's changing his style as a wrestler too. continuing the evolution of Mike Skyros. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I like making uh, uh moon Knight references on commentary. Cause he's a big moon Knight Mark, uh, just like me. So far more than I am. Uh, but, uh, but I like saying that he's, channeling his inner jake lockley and whatnot and uh, I like to but, use the tarot cards that the cards and the, the cards are reading he's gonna do something cool tonight or something like that yep. yeah yeah but uh he's another guy and uh and j.s hawthorne uh he he's another guy i can i can go on and on there's you, you said, uh, mit yeah. mit on there he's i wish i could call more mit matches i hope he comes and does more stuff at the sanctuary but i've been watching his stuff at smash master and everywhere else that kid is unbelievable yeah uh, i think Christ. mit MIT and Ricky Price are two names you should circle the Northeast Pennsylvania wrestling scene because they are special, special. Except and uh, you, how about, how about Tommy Price. Vex? Tommy Vex oh is a guy who who <laughs> idiot. He's a fucking idiot. But you, but he's so much fun to call <laughs> because he's such an idiot. He and Mary Beth are just what they're they're gems. They're they're the most hateable couple on the uh, on the independent wrestling hey, scene. Hey now, hey, Mary's a queen. That's that's my commentary bit. I hate Tommy, <laughs> but love Mary. That's my Fair bit. Enough. I've been doing that forever. Oh, there he is of- here, Jordan. Jordan, you missed it. We were blowing you hard earlier. We were we were yeah. shitting on you like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, like wish you would. Uh yeah, uh Diamond City War Machines, Brad DeMeo, uh, Eric Pinhat, two dudes Real that quick, I've go known... back to Tommy. Tommy's in a in a, oh, yeah. a crew of three people who if you think they're entertaining when they hit the curtain, him and two other people should have cameras on them at all points and times of any and that's him, AJ Evers and Trajan Horn. If if you think they are charisma and they're they're just pure entertainment when they hit the curtain, they are uh, they are even funnier on the other side of the curtain when you're talking to them. They're just so entertaining. Um, AJ Everest and I go way back. Uh, You know, we tagged together for a long time and uh, yeah, he's given me many reasons to want to murder him. uh, But because he is who he is, uh, he gets the pass every time. My Uh, favorite bit that you guys ever put on the internet was was at backbreakers and he had this sign that said glory and the o was cut out and he's just like you get it and you're just like you walked away because you wanted no parts of it. it's wonderful he legitimately found that in the garbage <laughs> did had no idea who brought it or uh or, or where it came from but uh yeah aj Everest is definitely another and and trajan horn i just wish i would i would be able to see him again i, I just want to so much let me let me just know that 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 uh, he is on this plane still. Trajan Horn, wherever you are, reach out, match. bro. I love you, buddy. I think my favorite my favorite Tommy Vex AJ Evers moment is I went backstage at the sanctuary to get notes, and I remember you. I we said uh, tonight AJ Evers versus Tommy Vex at the sanctuary, and you te- you text me while I'm on commentary, and you help me out a lot. You're like you're sending me notes, and you're like, "Yo, they're wrestling tonight." I go, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh, that's gonna be special." So and I got I just text you and go you have no idea. So I go backstage to get my notes, and as a joke, AJ's putting Tommy's gear on or vice versa. So the other one just said, "Well, I'm putting your gear on," and they put each other's gear on, and then it just turned into this whole bit. 
glorious. And Trotsky had no idea. Trotsky booked a match, but didn't know how it was going to play out. And they literally said, when you go out there, don't say a word to anybody. And they did an entire match as each other. Yep. And we called it on commentary as if it was a legit match and didn't say they swapped. And it was so much fun uh, watching Tommy fight Mary and Mary fight Tommy as AJ. It was and the whole time I'm like, man, Tommy looks great. He is in great shape. <laughs> I mean, those are two guys that you know it's going to be a good time to watch because when they go out there, they're having fun, you know? And that's, uh, unfortunately, that's... um. Peter DeLong that, is the key of Evers losing the scrambler. He's I, never I, risen I, that scrambler. Ever. Nope. No, he's 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 Mr. He's he's Mr. Sunday afternoon, scrambler. classic AJ Evers, the man who killed Allentown. So many monikers, and one of them is Mr. Scrambler, AJ yep. Evers. I can't uh I can't see him ever losing it. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you're saying J.S. Hawthorne. Let's give him his roses. Yeah, J.S. Hawthorne. I met him at the sanctuary. Another guy that I met at the sanctuary, and uh, and I just from I didn't I I didn't develop uh, any kind of relationship with him until months later, but I saw him, and when you see him for the first time, when he's got his his beard with like the, you know, the design carved into it, the hair, and the, he's got the shirt off, and the and the chest Body hair is hair. just, you know, puffed up. Yeah, the, the body hair is all there. He's a very, I don't want to say intimidating, but he's he's an awe-inspiring man, you know, when you see him. He's, right he's, from the 70s or 80s of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but he's very friendly, eventually came up and talked and, and struck up a conversation with me. Uh, but I've also seen, you know, the storylines that he was doing at the sanctuary, uh, it just, his him improving, seeing all the work he's been putting in. Uh, he bought that that uh, uh, that ambulance and decided to travel with it and just went like he traveled like a thousand miles just on a whim. He's like, I think I'll go down and see what shows I can get on. And he really jumped in and uh, and just took every uh, opportunity that he could and and grew from it and, you know, uh, developed relationships, relationships because of it. And just watching him improve and getting more opportunities is just a lot of fun. And whenever I see him on there, uh, I'm a theater nerd as well. So I like to make references, you know, based on the character. So I, I kind of slide right in with the, with, with the theater references and Broadway and, and whatnot. And, and uh, so, so that's, that's a lot of fun to have him up there too. Yeah. He's, he's really high. I think the only uh, other people that I, I'll add on just cause we talked a lot about a North, a lot of Northeast people, uh, just go moving to Jersey. And I remember you like, I knew nothing about Jersey going there. Uh, bad companies high on my list. Uh, and I'll incorporate all of them. Uh, even Jay, the key and, and Pete Corvus. First time I seen Pete Corvus, I nudged you. I was like, this is my new favorite wrestler. Like, <laughs> yes, I was like did, this yeah. guy. Yeah. I was like, this guy is awesome. Um, Bonifer's up there. And I even, I have not yet to see Bonifer wrestle, not hurt. He's been hurt most of the time when we watched him. Um, who else is really high? Uh, Vinicenzo is just, he brings an energy that's just so easy to call. Leo Sparrow, another one I love calling on commentary. Just, um, I, like we're gonna we're gonna have to go through the entire roster of each yeah. of the of the it's, jersey. It's hard, but Leo Sparrow, the g- biggest commentary uh, thing ever is he has the commentary card. I hope more people do that. Yes, yo, if anybody is watching that 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 any any wrestler. That's watching Leo Sparrow has printed out an index card with all of his information, social media, everything, how many years. Yeah. Everything you would need to know, please. That makes our job so much easier because we're looking up on the internet. We're looking at sources that might not be up to date. 
you know, we might we might get the, the wrong information. And if you get there late or we're busy and we're not able to talk to you, we can't update oh, you're that going information. Over your match? Yeah, we're yeah, exactly. Because we when we're getting notes, if we see you going over your match, we're we're backing off. We're waiting until you're you know not busy. And uh Leo Sparrow uh contest of champions. We sat down at the table and there's a lone single in the No, it was SSW. It said it said uh, Leo Sparrow and boom, there it was. All the information. I said, My God, this is amazing. It was if everybody SSW. could do that. What's that? It was SSW. Well, yes, there as well, but also Contest of Champions. Oh, he had it there when, as well. When when I sat down with Ron Nimi and Ron Nimi saw it and said, Holy, well, this is this is brilliant. You so, know what my favorite uh, part about the index card is? I took a that? picture of it at SSW and said, This is the greatest thing ever. And you know who retweeted it? The AEW tag team champions, both of them. Bowens and I was like, you claimed, baby. <laughs> <laughs> right behind my head is a scissor me hat. I bought of them Hamburg. Nice. Yeah, love, love me some acclaim. Um, yeah. yeah. So we we hit the hour mark, but I'm not, I'm not stopping here just yet unless you got to go. But real quick, Rhonda, I fucking miss you so much. I cannot wait to see you in, in, in high tension uh, and um, in um, Philadelphia. That, that means a lot. But anyway, um, let's talk about glad bad real quick. Let's bring up Gladbad. You are. <laughs> I don't know why, but okay. <laughs> I love it. So you you were a wrestler at one point in time, and you went by the moniker Gladbad, and you were part of a stable. Uh, and that stable, I wish and I hope, gets more airtime on TV. Because anytime they are given a mic, are given a platform, are given an angle, they are so goddamn entertaining. I think the Mike has been doing commentary for like, Dark AEW Dark and Dark Elevation or whatever. I've yep. been seeing photos of him doing, and he's so Dad, the, the, the gum magic. chewing, the gum he's chewing just, and the eyes. Oh my god, he he's so is good. an untapped resource. Like right now, they're just starting to 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 tap into the little teeny tiny corner of it. He is an incredible talent. They're both incredibly talented, but Daddy Magic is just uh, the the way he can talk is uh, is incredibly unique. And I hope they give him more of an opportunity. The, I mean, the promo after the cage match, uh, when he was all bloodied and talking about why he did, you know, what he did and talking about his daughter and how he missed his time with his family, but it's okay because he's there for Jericho. Uh, one of the all time, and, and this is covering a lot of ground. I understand it. It's probably going to, people are going to say, what are you, what are the all time greatest promos ever? I'm that's coming from me. I'm biased. I love the man. One of the greatest, but it made me feel what was going on better than most. And it was, it was glorious. I, I wish all the, the happiness and success for those two guys, because they took such good care of me in ISW when they did not have to, uh, they could have, they could have, you know, they could have tuned me up and moved on, but they took the time <laughs> to, uh, lower themselves to work with me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going back watching old Chikara and their stuff in Chikara was good too. So good. They so cut good. a promo playing pool in Goodfellas for the one show in Pottsville that because we watched it to review it because it happened in, in, in our like the town we're always in. And just them like they they just cut a promo. There's like AEW needs to use those guys more. 2.0 baby. They're so good. But yeah. you you were part of a stable with them as long as well as AJ Evers. Um I don't know how much we can go into the characters because uh, would not fly today. Those characters. No, um, I don't even know how to go about 
saying what they were, I'll let you kind of, because you could tiptoe around it better than I probably can. They were just, they were biker dudes who were, who were, you know, um, who had questionable viewpoints and they brought me in as their estranged gay brother. Uh, you know, they were Chad and Brad bad. Uh, gay, and bikers, they brought... the, gay bikers, the funniest thing I've ever heard. Of yeah. So they, so they brought me in as, as the, the, um, glad bad. So everything had to rhyme. Um, yeah. crazy, crazy PCP Manny was the, was the father and he was dad bad. And, um, we had a battle Royal, which is where all the bad, uh, family members came together. There was a guy, there was a brother who only wore plaid and he was plaid bad. Uh, there was a guy who was angry all the time. He was mad bad. <laughs> Sexy Eddie came in as the only graduate of the bad family. He was grad bad. It was, it was, I mean, you know, ridiculous. We, we didn't take ourselves too seriously. And, um, uh, also, there was a uh, I, I won't even mention the name, but but Sammy Zayn was involved as well. Uh, but <laughs> was his name that bad? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. His name. I just he was just involved and he oh. had a, he had a lot of fun. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and, but he and he was great as well. But we all nobody took our, ourselves too seriously. But that's what interspecies wrestling was. And now I'll start plugging ISW because we do have a show coming up uh, April 15th. Magnum Opus. Um, that's the one in uh, Boston. They're up in Boston. In Connecticut at the Birix. One of these uh, days, if you have an open seat in your car, I want to ride up with you to one of those shows. Brewery show. All right, we'll talk. I, I mean, you know, let's. I'll I'll talk to you about what the riding situation is for this upcoming one. So, uh, yeah, but if you have an open was, seat, I want it. It's just so much fun. Everyone, it, it's a different. I know a lot of times people say, "Oh, this company's different than everything." This, it, it's so strange because this company, Interspecies Wrestling, was the was the was like the uh, the quiet proving ground for guys like Kevin Steen and Sami Zayn. Uh, Sexy Eddie was in there. Uh, I mean, a lot of names. Player Uno, uh, uh, you know, Stu Grayson. A lot of guys that you see. Uh, that are on TV right now came through uh, came through ISW a lot. And, um, you know, there's there's they still have ties to back there. But Interspecies Wrestling became this place where you can go and have fun and party. There were a lot of guys who had serious gimmicks on the uh, on, on the indies, but they would come to ISW, throw a mask on and do something silly, uh, such as the bad boys. And, you know, I, I mean, there was a, there was El Hijo del Bamboo, which was a panda. And if I told you who was under the mask, you would you you wouldn't believe me in a million years. It was just guys that just wanted to go, guys and girls that just wanted to go and have fun and enjoy themselves. And it was just an absolute party. And um, now that that uh, Mike Roch, the proprietor of ISW, is starting to regularly book shows again, uh, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I, everything about that promotion you ever told me it just sounds like an absolute blast. Um, so real quick, you, you threw some names out there. I know nothing's we're, real we're, quick. We're taking a whole long time. On I know, but I want to. There's two stories that you definitely want to talk about that I want to get in there. So why don't you tell me about you? T- you said Sexy Eddie, uh, and you said you had an in- interesting story of Sexy Eddie at a karaoke bar. Uh, my my favorite story of wrestling ever. Uh, I, I I did a show in Montreal, Quebec, and um, it was my first time, first maybe second time in in Canada uh, for ISW and. We just had a blast, and afterward, I brought my wife with me. Um, we had we didn't have kids at this point. She came with me, and she had a blast as well. Everybody was super cool to her. I, I'm. That's another thing that everyone is just so welcoming. It's hard to get into that that group 
But once you, when you're a part of that group, it's everyone is just, you know, we take everyone takes care of each other. Everyone's re- so so my wife was was accepted right away. And, um, you know, after the show, we went to a random bar in Quebec and uh, I had Canadian Budweiser, which is apparently a completely different beer. Uh, still stronger, sorry. right? Because they can uh, have slightly higher stronger. ADVs. Yeah, slightly stronger. Still tasted terrible. But I drank it because, uh, you know, when, stronger when, headache. Yes. <laughs> so at a, I think there was a WWE pay-per-view that night too. So we were watching it in the bar. Um, also in the bar was, uh, was um, Jolly Roger uh, and Eric Cannon and a few other people. And Eric Cannon says, who wants to go to a karaoke bar? And I go, uh, I look at the clock and I'm like, man, it's midnight and we're in a different, another country and we got a, a long drive tomorrow. And I, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. And my wife pulls me aside and she goes, when Eric Cannon asks you to go, what's that? When Eric Cannon asks you to go to a karaoke bar at midnight in Quebec, you go to a fucking karaoke bar in midnight. In Quebec. Yeah. So I said, you know what, you're right. So we went. That was my fear with pro wrestling after dark, is like someone's like, here's what we're doing afterwards. I'm like, Pete, we can go home tonight. <laughs> so we all it went take out much and... to twist my arm either. Yeah, right. So we went there. There's a few other people I can't re- remember. It's it's cl- it's hazy. It's a hazy memory. Uh, but we went to a, we found a karaoke bar and up on the wall there was projector and it was playing all the. This was probably like mid to late 2000s. LMFAO was huge at this point. Sorry party for rocking. party rocking and and champagne showers and all those songs. And I remember this was the first time that I was deeply that I was immersed in the world of LMFAO because I was seeing these you know these uh these videos being played and i'm like oh man this is great but the whole time sexy eddie is dancing and sexy eddie for those who don't know i don't know who doesn't know but if, if you don't know sexy eddie's gimmick is basically he's a chippendale uh dancer uh loves to take his clothes off and is legitimately incredibly endowed and the only reason i know that is because there's no way to not know it if you, <laughs> if you just glance in his direction it's like there uh, it colonel is. colonel what's his name from wcw or the manager um <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Parker, or whatever his name was. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, yes. The story. So, yeah. With oh, the geez. blue speedo. Yeah. You look, I, I will. That. I, I will say we did a spot where Sexy Eddie was doing the dick spot long before Joseph Ryan was doing it, and uh, before he got famous for for doing it. Um, and uh, and Eddie always uh, asked for permission and was very kind about it. Uh, but in a- one Eddie spot, can do a, Eddie, Eddie can do a coast to coast though. <laughs> yes, he can. <laughs> uh, and I remember doing a spot where I had to do the dick spot where where AJ Everson and I grabbed at the same time. And I will say it was it was like holding Excalibur. That's all I could say. <laughs> Regardless, so so we're da- <laughs> we're we're in the karaoke bar, and uh, and Eddie will not keep his clothes on. He keeps taking it down. He's got his banana hammock on, and he keeps emotioning over to to men and women there in the in the horrified men and women. Well, uh, you got to go for it. And the and the bouncer keeps having to say, "Dude, keep your clothes on." He was okay. Sorry, he'd get down from the table that he's standing on and pull back up, and he kind of glance, you know, glance over at us like, "Just, just give me a second. Um, <laughs> and eventually, at two thirty in the morning, the bar had had enough, and they kicked us out. Eddie would not keep his clothes on, so they kicked us out, and we spilled out onto the the the, the streets of uh, Montreal at two thirty in the morning, and it was like prime time in any other town. There were people everywhere. Uh, people in the streets, cars trying to get by, but having trouble because there were too many people in front of them in the streets. There was it, it was it was like the the busiest time of the night at two. They have like a lost call in Canada. <sighs> I I don't know, maybe not. That's why they don't maybe let not. people from America with drinking problems into their country because like you can't have, if you can't drink in your own country, <laughs> yeah. don't come here. Yeah. So uh, we we joked about I guess there was uh, some sort of flashlight party going on, uh, and uh, we weren't able to find it. 
So What's we decided. To, party? Uh, apparently, it's a party where you go where people are having sex, and you go into a room, and you're you're given a flashlight. All the lights are off, but you're given a flashlight, and there's people in there having sex, and you get to go in the flashlight. <laughs> Bucket list. <laughs> At, yeah, like, where's my, yeah where's right my, where's my paper and pen i want well, we, to add a flashlight party in my list in my memory we looked for it but couldn't find it but it very well could have been just people saying no we're not doing that but i but i i would have loved to have seen that yeah but, hell uh, yeah i would have but yeah Dude, but my wife there's a flashlight party somewhere tonight i'm getting in my car let's go let's shut it down <laughs> we're done everybody thanks for coming we're we'll see you at the flashlight party yeah yeah <laughs> but uh then we, we we headed back and i'll always be grave because I, I almost i almost fucking went back to my hotel room and said man i'm just really tired i don't think i can do this and my wife pulled me out and uh helped me to have that but but because of that i'll, I'll never forget it uh, eric cannon jolly roger sexy eddie and the few other people that were there that I can't remember, I'm so sorry. Uh, one of the greatest, the greatest wrestling memory of, of, of my career, for, for sure. Well, so, since you're, we're, we're putting your wife on such a high pedestal here, um, <laughs> we, we, and she is amazing. I, I want to hang out with her more, now even more so than ever. Um, she's wonderful. I know. Uh, she's so sweet. She's like, you can come in and sleep. I know you've been awake for 24 hours. I'm like, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm driving home. like, Because <laughs> um, I'm someone who sleeps in, and your kids will be like, why is this? long-haired homeless guy on our couch <laughs> we've had many we've had many uh uh people come in uh, D- tony deppin uh was w- was woken up by my child at probably 7 30 in the morning one night so uh so i mean it's it wouldn't have been the first time <laughs> um but yes so your wife uh we've had a lot of monikers in professional wrestling of the world's dangerous men and dangerous women of ronda and ken shamrock but your wife took on a black belt uh while you sat in the car <laughs> holding her purse Let's talk about say, that. I wouldn't say a black belt, but uh, we were... <laughs> it was a Navy SEAL. Um, <laughs> and 12 it. of his friends. Yeah. You know how Shawn Michaels got beat up? Pete's wife beat up an entire platoon while Pete yeah. sat in the car holding her purse. Yeah. She's like, honey, I'll be right back. I'm going to go beat these 12 guys up. And I didn't see them for an hour. And she... <laughs> All right. I don't know. Oh, my God. All right. So that's a, that's a different kind of that's a different flash that's a flashlight part there there. Yikes, a real. Uh we're <laughs> we're at a bar but listen my my wife is a firecracker, all right? We uh uh when we were dating in high school there was another girl that was that, that I was bouncing back and forth in between and I ended up, you know, st- staying with with uh my wife, but uh that ex-girlfriend ended up being at the same concert as us and she they, neither of them knew each other, uh but someone else pointed her out to her and she she found her in the pit and leveled her. And uh, from then I knew it was, it was just, come on. Uh, but we were at a bar and a friend of mine was very, very drunk and got himself into a fight. And this man started making very extreme claims. Like he was, he had just gone to jail for embezzlement and he's one of the, he's a hell's angel and all these ridiculous claims. Uh, and at the time I was working for a beer distributor that distributed to that bar. So I had to be on my best behavior. So we took my friend out to try and get him home. After he left, this guy came back out and started fighting with us. And uh, he, he, decided to tell us that he was a karate master. And at that point, we all realized that he was, you know, it was just a matter of time before he was going to fall flat on his face. So I, I had my keys in my hand. I said, listen, buddy, you know, let's just, let's just get back. And he pushed me and my hand went down and I dropped my keys. And when I went down, as I'm picking up my keys, I go, I hear you, don't you fucking touch him. And I look up and he is tumbling backwards. My wife just, <laughs> just jumped on him. <laughs> and he was tall and la- I, mean, I don't want to take anything away from my wife. He was tall and lanky, but man, she just boom. And he went tumbling and uh, he got back up and he was very angry. 
Uh, but at that point, the owner had come out and said, all right, let's break it up. And we all kind of went our separate ways. But I always like telling the story about how my wife knocked over a karate master. So what actually happened was she Sparta kicked him dead in his chest. <laughs> she very well and, may have. I didn't see the And he rolled the down a hill and <laughs> broke his neck and died. Don't mess with Pete's wife. <laughs> Uh, she's pretty incredible. She's she's she stopped me from getting a, a regrettable tattoo when I was when I was in uh, in my late teens, early twenties. So uh, for that, I'll, uh, I'll I'll tell you off air. <laughs> this seems like on air story air. You know, she listen, was, I she love... was down to go to a karaoke bar, drunk in Canada, and then a flashlight party, and then beat up a karate master. I would have let you get the tattoo unless unless it was that bad. Uh, you know, listen. I to this day I still love the insane clown posse. All right, oh, I like listening yeah. to Great Malenko okay. every now and then, you know. But I was going to get a very large back. Butt. Yeah. I was going to get a very large back tattoo of the Joker's cards, and she talked me out of it. Good call. She right. She came to college. She, when I went to college, she came to my dorm room, got me high, and played me Abbey Road, and the rest was history. And from then on, I said, "This is the one for me. I, I owe her eternally uh, for not for." Can we can we add from, something to our bucket list? What's that? I want to do commentary with you at a Juggalo festival. Listen, I would love it. Love it. All right. Every time I see uh uh the the uh God, what's what's the Juggalo Fest called? What is it? Um we're not getting booked if we don't know the name of it. Um the uh the gathering of the juggalos. Thank you, gathering of the juggalos. I would love to just be, every time I see footage, I'm like, I would love to be there. Those people look Hell like yeah. a lot of fun. Dude, I go to a place, I'm like Oh, they're going to do weird things over here? I want to go. I, I need a story to tell. Everyone looks at me and goes, dude, how do you have so many stories? And I say, uh, because I put myself in situations to become in those stories. If you would have heard the story I just told Pete before this podcast aired, you would shit your pants. <laughs> Listen, I've seen the Insane Clown Posse more than once. I've painted my face a bunch of times. I saw them at, at Woodstock. And uh, and at Woodstock, there were people that were painting their face. There was no running water at Woodstock, all right? And people were yeah. painting their face. I like ICP, not as much as those people, <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, but I would love to. Sure, I would love to go and, and uh, take part in that. So besides that, what are some other places? We'll we'll close with this. Speaking things into existence. What are some other promotions you would like to work for? Dip your toe into, even if it's just a one off. Just go in there and work with certain people or a certain promotion. Gosh, uh, I mean the obvious ones are there. I mean, I would love to work for GCW. I would love to work for MLW. <sighs> I tried. Uh, I tried GCW. I tried so hard. I showed up. At, I showed at every. I, I well. I almost showed up at every single one, but my car broke down, and I kind of think that maybe he thinks I gave up because he. I went three times, and he kind of like didn't give me a shot three times. But then the fourth time, like my car broke down, but I showed up at every settlement series. I I, I tried my best to say if it was a settlement series match, I tried. I don't know. I think maybe it's more like he has people coming up to him at every moment of every day saying, Hey, can I get on that show? And anyone who shows the slightest bit of interest in getting on the show, he immediately just shuts down probably because of, of, of PTSD of just being harassed. I think, he was, I think he was testing. Cause I was the only one there who asked and people were putting me over of like, uh Oh, please tell me my computer just didn't freeze. I see you. You're good. My, my screen's black. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can see you. You're handsome as ever. Uh, I don't know what's happening. I'm just going to keep talking. But yeah, okay. I, so like, so the first show, unless it shuts down, then I have no idea what's happening. Just text me then because uh, my screen is completely black right now. Um, it's your computer out. saying, yo, this has gone more than an hour. What's going on? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, my biggest fear is that it just corrupts and I lose this whole interview. I'll cry. 
Um, yeah, so I went and I just kept, and people were putting me over. And then the one show, he moved commentary down to the floor and he just like, he went on commentary and he just kept looking over at me, like watching me, watching him do commentary, like he was cucking me. And I was just doing, I still just became that fan and had a good time. Like, um, but, uh, no, I totally get that. He had a lot of, he, he has people all the time asking stuff like that. So dude, I think it's frozen. I think I'm fucked. Uh, well, I see you and I hear you just fine. And and the live the live uh, cl- uh, the clock counter uh, is is fine. I think your I think your my, screen just crapped out, dude. I think you pro- just can't see. No, it's frozen. It's completely frozen. Ah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how to end the interview. Now you're frozen. Now you're frozen on the uh, audio, folks. Thank you so much for joining us on the ABJ podcast. My name is Pete. Oh wait, you're back. You're back. <laughs> Now We're I back. can't hear you. Ooh, oh, that scared there you me. Are. There you are. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that this GCW is on my this list. This didn't happen with anybody else's interview. All right. I want a do-over. I, I want another two hours next week. Oh, dude, I, I'll talk to you all the time. You know that. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, GCW is on there. For me, uh, House of Glory is on that list, too. I would love to work House of Glory. But here's the thing. Like, I'm at the point now where I want to work these promotions. But if I'm not working with, like, certain people i don't want to do it like it, like you know what i mean like if i got an opportunity to do like that'd be fun but i have way more fun doing it with you or brian or like noah or jordan like you know what i mean like i kind of like my crews you know what i mean like i've worked with other people and they're fine but they're just like i feel like we have good chemistry i, I feel like i think I, i'm good at what i do and i can stand on my own but i think as a, a package deal as a team i think we bring something so much different you know what i mean yeah. And I mean, you, you can go back if you go back on, uh, you know, uh, check out Short Star Wrestling on YouTube. I just discovered that we have a YouTube page, by the way. Uh, Black I have Black. it linked in my below. Like my thing nice. below. Excellent. If you go back, you know, uh, and IWA, ABJ and I were were in there from the very beginning, from the very first show. So we were in at the ground level. We were able to to we were book before the, the talent was. Yeah, yeah, and we were able to 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 witness the stories unfold and see the talent come in and and realize the 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 vision, and uh, you know this is you know from what I understand, I guess the 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 market in the Wildwood area in Rio Grande, there was not wrestling for a long long time, and people were looking to you know to do something with it, and so we came in. There was great response. We built something there. I think it. I think it. 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 Uh, it organically happened. People are putting work in to make this happen. And you and I being in there from the beginning, I, I think, is really something really special because we're able to to say that we were there from the ground level. I wish I could do more, but we don't live by it. It's hard. For, it's hard to, for us to tell people in Northeast Pennsylvania to drive three hours to the Jersey Shore to watch a wrestling show. Yeah, we're kind of on the outside. The only thing we could do is just is just you know here talk about it. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, you know, or get or drive traffic to the to the YouTube page or the IWTV page. So folks, check out Shore Star Wrestling. It's a really great group of people uh, doing a really some really really great stuff, and it's at the No Limits Boxing Academy, which is a boxing academy that that it, it benefits the community. It keeps kids off the streets, teaches them a, a feeling of community, helps them with life skills. Uh, great group of people there as well, and it's a pleasure to work for for that company. You know how good this building is. Pete lost his wallet, and someone in this building found it and mailed it to Pete, and everything was still inside of it. Every single dollar that I. Was devastated. He thought everything. He was 
everything <laughs> in my wallet when we can't we we drove an hour away until i real uh, when i realized that i lost it so there's no going back and we had no, uh, the thing is he thought he lost it but we stopped at like four gas stations to try to find a bathroom so it was in and out of the car and we didn't know if he draw he dropped it between there and it was it was a nightmare but somebody at the no limits academy in rio grande found this wallet and mailed it back to him and some it was, sweet sweet angel yeah. everything intact and uh i hope we find who that person was at the next show I, what, what I hope it's a hot mom. I actually have I've I've been procrastinating, so I haven't <laughs> do it. But I have a package. I have a care package going off to that person because I have their return address. They didn't put their name on the return address, but I do have their return address, so I'm going to be sending something to them to as a thank you. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, Jersey's cool, man. You know, Jersey's tough to get to. Jersey's got drama. Jersey's I can't got... wait for I can't wait for Shore Star to do it during the peak season of the Jersey Shore hours, where like we can get outside tourists to do it, and possibly yeah. hint hint maybe there's a show that might be happening on the boardwalk. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Fingers crossed, man. You know, one of those like you said before, one of those bucket list things. Yeah, I did. I my. <laughs> Only because you and Jordan couldn't make it a show, I did commentary in a grocery store parking lot for back at the last backbreaker show, the last one. <laughs> and uh, well, and Jordan was, can make it; they just didn't call him. Yeah, I do that. That would have been a cool opportunity to do me, Jordan, and Brian. Um, but uh, that and, and we drank like we and uh, Charles Dorian brought beers out for me and Brian, so we got the drink during commentary in a in a grocery store parking lot with cops around, and it was awesome fantastic <laughs> drinking and commentary is really fun i don't recommend it for everybody but if you can handle your booze it's a great time one of the one of the reasons that in uh interspecies wrestling is fun especially at having it in breweries and uh you know when when a when a promotion allows you to just have a just have maybe one maybe two as you're drinking or as you're uh, calling that's a lot of fun too you know yeah um processing after dark i i we, we drank a couple there uh I'm, I, well, another promotion I worked for that they don't book me anymore. We had a couple beers at that show. <laughs> you know, 40 bucks is a lot of money. But anyway, uh, we'll close out there. <laughs> uh, Pete, thank you so much for everything, brother. I know we had Absolutely. other topics we want to talk about, but this is not yeah, over. We're gonna, I'm going to have you on again, and we're going to do stuff. I do have other content coming where we're going to do like movie reviews and music reviews, and that's another thing we talk about a lot is music. You've turned me on to a lot of cool bands and a lot of cool things. Um, man, what a blast. I love you to death, man. I, th- whenever, when anyone tells me that they, they enjoy my commentary, I literally say I, I'm, I'm shit without Pete DeLong. Like you, dude, you made me who I am as a commentary person. You helped me become, uh, who I am, but also honed in on letting me become who I want to be on commentary and making that good instead of like, like everyone wants to be the next every ring announcer wants to be the next howard finkel every commentary guy wants to be the next insert name here like but you you know a way to help people focus on what they want to be and make them good in that aspect and you're you're fucking talented and i know you don't like to to get that praise but you're 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 the goat man i appreciate that and i am incredibly uncomfortable right now so thank you i know yeah well that's kind of what i like to do too i like to make you uncomfortable uh that's honestly the main reason why i like being a heel is with you because i say things that you're like oh my if i can make you cringe i've done my job and And i think standalone standalone's the first show i went for it like i fully went for it at standalone there was a few shows i remember on commentary i said something heelish and you're like Oh really? And I'm like, ah, I'm trying something out. Like I said it on commentary. <laughs> and then and then I remember we were doing the standalone show and uh you're you're doing a video 
and you're like, hey, we're here at Standalone Shores uh, at this park in whatever we're at. And I go, turn the camera. I said, you know what's the best part about being in Jersey? I said, we're the best looking guys here. I said, turn the camera around and show these mongoloids. And you're like, oh, you, oh should, my God. You, said, <laughs> you said, show them these mutants. Oh, these mutants. That's <laughs> why I said mutants. I don't remember what I said. But uh, yeah, mutants. And you're just like, oh, and you turn the camera. And you're like, I'm sorry, honey, if I die. And I was like, yo, I, we're on to something. Like, we were good before. Yeah. And I was like, I think if I can figure this heel thing out, um, and then we've been off to the races, man. Listen, all I want to do is is show professional re- independent wrestling that commentary and broadcast teams should be, uh, by the standard, should be quality. Quality broadcast teams shouldn't be an added bonus. It should be the standard. It should be what's expected. It shouldn't be just some random person going in there and sitting on comment and saying, who is this guy? I don't know anything about this guy. Well, there... Uh, Oh, like Booker uh, I mean, T on NXT. Let's raise the standard of of broadcasters here. You know, we want to to improve your product and bring value to your product. Let us do it. Let us do that and and recognize that we're doing that. You know, when you're announcing talents, announce your broadcast. Give it. Give the the broadcast team a, give them a, a graphic. graphic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, let people know what's going on. When you upload to to IWTV, you have the match listings on the bottom. Put commentary team whoever's on there. You know, when you're releasing a, um, a a match or a show on YouTube, do the same there. You know, give us the same credit and allow us to bring to, to raise the value of your product because we're telling your story. And if we're doing it well, we deserve to be in there with everybody else. I totally, totally agree. And listen, even if, if you want myself or Pete or both of us for commentary and maybe you're too far away, maybe you're like, hey, our promotions in the is, is, is overseas in the UK or we're in Australia or we're somewhere in the world me and pete have the technology to do commentary in remote and send it back to you we our doors are open for commentary jobs even if we cannot make it to your promotion um hit us up we're down that's kind of bucket list for both of us if we can be heard across internationally commentary we're down to do it and and, and and we'll work together and we'll get it done and it'll sound amazing you know that's right i've got plenty of uh of my own post-production stuff that's done right here in this studio that i built that my wife and i built with our bare hands check out etwa eastern townships wrestling association in vermont i do commentary for them they have a lot of great stuff on there uh sunny defarge is their champion and of Ooh, course top row promotions in Massachusetts. I do commentary for them as well. Uh, right now, Channing Thomas is their champion. Jorah Joel, uh, uh, plenty of talent there. Little Mean Kathleen always there. A uh, couple of great promotions that I do uh, work for. Check them out on YouTube and uh, and, and whatnot. And what, what you hear there, uh, Blackwell and I uh, can definitely reproduce for you as well. Yes. If you want to check out the shows that we're a part of, uh, links are below for... Um, SSW, you could buy your tickets. Your ticket, you could buy tickets to High Tension Wrestling. You could buy the tickets to Smash Master Wrestling, um, High Ground Wrestling. All those tickets are below that you can check us out this month. Um, also, if you are not in the area and you want to watch these promotions, on my main YouTube page, you scroll down, there's going to be a tab that says Follow My Friends, and it's everyone that you should be supporting. Click on them and subscribe. And then underneath that is companies I work for. And you'll see the sanctuary, you'll see High Tension, Smash Master, Shore Star, IWA uh ppw standalone and then you can also see us on fight tv as well as uh iwtv we're on a lot of promotions there but i'm going to put a link in the chat this is pete's personal youtube channel last time i promoted this he lost subscribers so don't be that person lost one. Uh, he lost one <laughs> but pete, pete 
Pete does breakdowns where he goes through the shows that he works for and gives a lot of extra insight on the promotion and the talent. The guy works his ass off. Uh, and I, I, dude, I, I love you. You pre- I appreciate you all you've done for me and how you continue to make me better. I appreciate you bringing on me, bringing me on here and, uh, and chat with me. And while we're throwing out plugs, make sure to check out interspecies wrestling as well. Uh, uh, April 15th, Magnum Opus at the Birix in uh, Connecticut. That's going to be a good time. And Blackwell, what a, what a, what a blast. I, I mean, we always have fun when we're together. This is, this is a good time. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, we're going to be driving around a lot in Jersey this the next couple weekends, and yeah. uh, I think I think almost every Saturday from from now to the end of the month, we'll probably be with each other in some form or fashion. I am bringing the vlog back, so you'll probably see Pete a lot on the vlog. So that's something to look forward to, and uh, we'll see you guys next time on the ABJ podcast. Make sure you check out the links below to follow us on all social media, as well as buy ABJ merchandise or check out the Patreon. A dollar helps go a long way to help pay for the bills like Streamyard and all these different platforms we're using, and and tickets and tolls. You know what I mean? Not tickets. We don't get tickets. But gas and tolls to show is that Patreon can be very, very helpful. I think I paid more in tolls than I'd like to admit uh, this last year. But anyway, here's some outro music by Billy Trey, and we'll see you next Tuesday with our next guest.